Hello everybody, welcome back to Fastgate Rewatch Season 3, Episode 22. I am Carmel Hats and with me is Red Nightmare. Hello. Yes. Good. I have no idea. I got nothing today. <laughs> got nothing. I'm sorry. <laughs> we got nothing. I just... Look, I, I, I've been making these up for a whole season, okay? <laughs> I'm, I'm spent. Th- three whole seasons, because this is... God, the, oh, yes. Because this is the final episode of Season 3. And the ti- by the way, the title of this episode is Dog with Two Bones. And this is one of those things that, uh, you know, it's, it gets explained like towards the end of the episode. <laughs> we'll, we'll talk about why. So yeah, we're back to finish off season three. This is like we we said last week. Like this is obviously this is the finale of season three, and we're going to yep. take our two week break, a customary break after this episode, and then when we come back, that's it. We're going like to the end of Farscape, just like home stretch season four. Yeah, home stretch. He's season four, including Peacekeeper Wars. Maybe if we're really tired, we might put a week between season four and Peacekeeper Wars. But <laughs> you'll have to ask us towards the end of season yes, four. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get back to you on that. Our intention is to do the whole stretch, but yeah, but but we got to finish season three first. So let's talk yes. about uh, this episode, and we of course start out with previously on Fastgate because there was a whole arc with the Wormhole Project and the Command Carrier and Scorpius and Talon and Crace sacrificing themselves. I think I said last week that uh, that episode felt like a big explosive season finale. Yes, but this is the basically this is the aftermath. Yeah, I like this as the epilogue. Yeah, the no, season. that's good. But so we have all the previously on stuff, you know, as usual, and then it's like, and now on Farscape, and the first shot of the episode is <laughs> like what must be a wedding dress shop. Yes, like it, I mean, a wedding dress shop. Okay, let's be upfront. Neither of us are experienced in this. We don't know what these things are. Fair enough. Fair, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Basically, it's a large dress shop, and they're all done up in like soft lighting, soft white, bright lighting, and there's gold, you know, trim on everything. And John is sat down on a stool with uh, like a jacket on and some sunglasses. And Aaron comes out onto basically like a small like runway slash catwalk sort of thing, uh, wearing basically a plain wedding dress, not too complicated. And she comes out. And walks down there, and but she's like, nope, doesn't work. It's <laughs> like, well, it works, but not to get married in. Yeah, and he sort of ch- runs with her like to the back. <laughs> you hear some like them laughing a bit, and there's a sort of a flash, and then Erin comes out wearing another slightly different dress, and then John is sort of lying on his back on the stool because you know it's the flash, the time passing. It's like, oh, I've been here for hours trying on different dresses. Probably, yeah. And then this time he gets up and like gets to his knees a little bit and stands up and looks at her and he's like, "You wear that, somebody's gonna marry you." Uh huh. <laughs> so obviously, well, this is a vision that John is having yes. or something he's thinking about in his mind because it flashes back to him. With all these dresses, by the way, I'm proven wrong again. Remember how I said at season one that's the only time we'll ever see Aaron wearing a dress? Mm-hmm. Wrong again. Wrong. Okay, but do you want to know the extra little twist in that first scene, that first vision? The wedding dress Aaron chooses, and jumping ahead, like, John has a couple other visions of her like this, which, you know, mm-hmm. is not a spoiler, but um, the wedding dress she chooses, someone else has worn that wedding dress. In oh, this, really? In this show. Who else has John got married to? Princess Katrala. Oh, seriously? From Look at the Princess. Oh, and we again have to give props to Claudia Black for doing that because apparently she found it in the wardrobe department 
and suggested it to director Andrew Prowse for this episode. Oh, that is so clever. Yeah, that's great. That extra little twist. I'm like, oh, that's such like a subtle thing, but it's perfect. Nice. Yeah, that's really good. <laughs> like, because it's so plain and like really quite simple and nice. Like, it's not obvious. You know, it doesn't have like a distinctive design. No. But it is the same dress, so there you go. So nice. anyway, when we cut back to John in Moya, what he's actually doing is he's writing equations over his hand and arm again, like he was yeah. in the previous episodes. He's still, apparently, the knowledge is still pouring out of him. Yeah. And also Moya is kind of quiet and dark. There aren't a whole lot of lights on. It's mm-hmm. all sort of fairly still. And Chiana is there as well. And she says to him, like, your world can't be that hard to adjust to. You know, you just need to ask her. And he's like, no, it's not that simple. And then somebody else interrupts them. Yes. (laughs) Someone interrupts them. An old lady. Yeah, an old lady with large ears. Large ears and and a third eye in the middle of her forehead that's closed. Mm -hmm. And she's all all wrinkled and wizened looking. She, She basically is like... No, no, you need to think about this, providing advice. I love that both Gianna and John are like, who? Who is that? I thought she was with you. I'm like, (laughs) we're not going to make a bigger fuss about this? No. (laughs) She says, like, you know, I could help you. Like, can I, you know, make you some chowder? Gianna's like, well, no, okay, just stick to, no, we don't need your help, we're fine. Um, Just stick to the stew, I think. Yeah, I think she says, like, I'll go back to my stew. And it's like, Chowder says, like, I thought it was chowder. It's like, she says, I could make you some chowder. (laughs) You'd be like, um, okay. So we have a possibly senile old woman just now in Moya's galley, I guess. Just Uh making food. This is the third one, isn't it? The first connection to Matt Max? Yes, it is. Well done. That's uh, Melissa Jaffa played one of the, uh, what were they called? The old women in the desert in oh. Fury Road. The Vuvalini, I want to say Vuvuzelas, but I know it's that's close. not right. it, um, I'm going to look it up. Yep, it's the Vuvalini. I got it right. Woo. I think she's uh, the most prominent one of them. Yeah, definitely. But you know what the funny thing is? Is that Melissa Jaffa has been in Farscape already. Uh, I think season, you've told me this before, but I can't remember. Season 2. Okay. Early season 2. Dargo episode. Oh, did she play the old version of the seer? Yes, or... she was in Vitas Mortis. Yes. So not her first time on Farscape, but uh, yeah, there you go. This is the other person who was in uh, Mad Max Fury Road. One of the other ones being a uh, guy who played Grunchlick was Immortan Joe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, like I said, this, like we say, this is what happens when you make a show that's filmed in Australia. You're going to run into people who are into Mad Max. It's inevitable. <laughs> It's like when you make shows in Britain, you're going to have someone who is in, like, Harry Potter or yeah. <laughs> James Eventually, Bond. you're going to hire David Tennant just yeah. by accident. Yeah, it's just, it, it just happens to all shows filmed in Britain. Yeah. They have to, like, like fend them off with a stick sometimes. It's like, go away, David. No, you can't be an extra. <laughs> he just shows up in the background. <laughs> anyway, yeah, so... Like, oh, the doctor! It's him. It's all connected. <laughs> all right, so anyway, back to the... Back to the episode. John, then, after talking with Chiana a bit, there, he has another vision. And uh, they're in the store they are in before, but uh, they go, go up to the cashier to pay for their stuff. And mm-hmm. John gives Aaron a credit card, and it's like, right, okay, you're up. Come on, you can do this. And she gives it to the woman and just says, charge it. And she's trying to say charge it. And John eventually takes the card and 
does it for her, and it clearly upsets her. Yeah, she's like, nobody understands me. This whole frilling planet needs translator microbes, and ah, I'm not, this is yeah. not good. This is embarrassing. Yeah, and I'm like, right, this is a thing I haven't been thinking about a lot. <laughs> and also the woman uh, behind the counter says like, oh, where is she from? Like, Bosnia or something? <laughs> she says Bosnia very denigrating. Yeah, no, it's not great. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, Aaron is embarrassed and uh, unhappy. So we then flash back again to John and Chana, and Chana, you know, says to the old woman, like, why didn't you leave with the others? And then John asks, like, who is she? And Chana's like, I thought she was with you. <laughs> and again, I'm like, why are we not making a fuss out of this? <laughs> so then out of the window, John spots another leviathan. Yes, a leviathan that is coming towards them rather quickly. Well, at least, first of all, we see the... Uh, Leviathan, and they're actually in some sort of big nebula cloud. Mm-hmm. Basically, a sacred burial ground for Leviathans. Yeah, Pilot tells them like we've arrived at the sacred burial place, and then we have a cut to Aaron and Dargo, and Dargo is packing things onto his ship, and Aaron is like, "How much stuff are you taking? You could resupply on the way there." And Dargo's like, like, "No, revenge is a dish best served." Quickly. And he's just going straight for Macton. Because remember, last episode, or last two episodes ago, he got the information on Macton from the Peacekeepers as part of their terms of helping them with the Wormhole Project. Yeah, and Macton is the man who, the brother of his wife, who killed her. Yeah, and basically framed Dargo, which is why he was imprisoned in the first place. Mm-hmm. So now he knows where he is, he's going to go kill him. But Aaron is concerned because he's just making a beeline straight there. And just like, you'll get yourself killed that way. He's like, no, I'm going to go kill him. I'm going to do it. But Rigel chimes in, actually. So it's like, look, we'll all get ourselves killed, but at least we can do it on our home planets. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rigel, ever the optimist. Yeah. So they're, also, they're in the maintenance bay, and uh, there's some debris and bits and pieces in there of Talon, all that's left of him. And Dargo says that he can't believe Krace sacrificed himself. And Aaron adds, just looking through the debris, that Talon was a fine ship, and I can't believe this is all that's left of him. I mean, it's more than there's left of Craze. There's probably some bits in there, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe like a pinky or something. (laughs) So uh, then we cut back to Chiana and John, and Chiana asks, what are you going to do once we've buried Talon? And he's like, just do what I've been doing, work on wormholes. Solve the wormhole equation, figure it all out. But then, Chiana has one of her visions. And it's bad. It's really bad. She sort of collapses, it like falls onto like the kitchen counter, knocks over pots and pans, and she's like, ah, Moya, Moya, gone, swallowed, gah. And John's like, comes over to Pilot, it's like, Pilot, is everything okay? What's wrong? Because this usually uh-huh. means something bad is happening. And Pilot's like, yes, Commander, brace for collision. And the other Leviathan has charged at Moya. Yeah, and I'm like, oh no, it's Leviathan mating season. <laughs> well, we cut titles uh, once the, the two Leviathans collide. We see like a CG shot of them hitting each other. Mm-hmm. And then everyone gets thrown about and we go to titles. And when we come back, uh, the other Leviathan hasn't moved. Moya is heavily damaged. Okay, so not mating. No. <laughs> and they're like, why we're dead in the water? And uh, Aaron is surveying the damage. Is like... A torpedo couldn't have been that precise. You know, what's happened? And what Pilot says is that Moya's neural cortex was targeted specifically. Oh, blow to the head. Yeah. And it's it's impossible to target successfully unless by another Leviathan. 
So this was deliberate attack by the other Leviathan. They're not entirely sure why just yet, I think. Yeah, because Pilot is trying to get in touch with the other Leviathan and its pilot, but they're not returning, or at least the other pilot isn't returning his calls. Hello, you've reached the voicemail of Pilot. (laughs) I'm currently not in right now, despite the fact that I'm grafted to my seat. I know you're there. Pick up the phone. I know you're there. La 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 la. I can't hear you. <laughs> Believe it or not, Pilot isn't at home. <laughs> so, but Pilot has been able to ascertain that it has something to do with Talon. So everyone is actually, I think everyone is in Pilot's den at this point. The lights are off and the old woman is there as well. Who will be seeing a lot this episode. Yeah, she's featured pretty heavily and like for this episode nobody really knows who she is. Including us. Yes, including the audience, yeah. But so they're like, okay, no, this is really bad. We have to figure out what to do. And uh, Rigel is complaining, like, well, can't believe Talon's got us into this mess again. And it's like, well, if it weren't for Talon, you'd be dead. So show some respect, Rigel. And Rigel has an amazing line. Yes! Which is... I love this so much. Respect. I have it written down as well. Go yeah, ahead. same. Respect my tiny, shiny, hiney. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow, okay. <laughs> yes. yes, my shiny metal ass. <laughs> it's, all, it's up there. <laughs> it's pretty good. I was just not expecting that when I was watching no. the episode. I was like, oh my god, that's amazing. <laughs> like he's, It works so well. But yeah, he's like, this is you know, Talon's fault, really. You know, he's complaining about that. And then he hovers over to the old woman. It's like, and who the frell are you? And she just smiles at him. And mm, nobody's like, I think she has a flashlight and she's inspecting him. It's like, ooh. <laughs> With yeah. this weird little frog man on the sled. She doesn't say <laughs> that, but I'm assuming she's thinking that. And so then, like, okay, we need to repair this stuff and we need to try and talk to the other Leviathan. Talon deserves to be buried here, so let's go sort this out. And Aaron says, to his, like, okay, does anyone know what to do? Everyone know what to do? And they're like, yep, yep, yep. And John is just, like, staring into nothing. And he's like, John, John, do you know what to do? He's like, hmm? Because he's having another vision. Yep. And this is Aaron and John's wedding. And they're at, like, the reception. Big hall with, you know, tables and food and, you know, your normal sort of thing. And Aaron throws the bouquet... Jewel her. catches it, yeah, hysterically, and has a laugh. Because Jewel is also there. No, like everyone is there. Like, so it's not just Aaron and Crichton. You've also got, you know, Dargo is there, and Chiana and Jewel, all, all neatly dressed up in Earth yeah. clothing. And Rigel is there as well because Rigel's hovering by the cake, <laughs> which makes sense. <laughs> they probably got him an extra cake just to be safe and so yeah everyone is there having a good time at the wedding and then John is like snapped out of it Rigel's like come on John pay attention this is serious and he's like yeah okay no good plan that's fine well, I, <laughs> everybody's I like do. we're not even listening yeah and Aaron is clearly like okay you're not listening and just walks off kind of mm-hmm. a bit angrily it was weird to see in that vision to see those two worlds mixed yeah that's it that is odd because we have once you know they all go off to sort stuff out there's another quick vision and dargo comes over to Aaron and Crichton, who are just standing there smiling and he's like hey congratulations john uh, you are the second luckiest man in the world tonight because he's got two women on, you know, one on each arm. And he's like, like, if you know what I mean. And then walks off. It's like, hey. Dargo's having a fun time. Yeah, he's imaginary Dargo in an ma- imaginary wedding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like John is, John is basically imagining what his wedding to Aaron would be like on Earth. You know, that's yeah, what's going and on here. Including his 
alien friends as well. Yeah, everybody being there. Like he, like, he wants all his friends there and everyone to celebrate with him. Yeah, and yeah, makes sense. Yeah, but he gets snapped out of it again and Pilot tells everyone that the... I've been able to get some information out of the Leviathan. The other Leviathan has had three offspring buried in this place and they were all killed by peacekeepers and she mm-hmm. will not let Talon be buried here because he's half peacekeeper. Yeah. And Pilot's like, I've yet to have any direct contact with the other pilot, but I'm trying. <laughs> and Raja responds, that's true. It's like, you, you certainly, certainly are. are. Yeah. And like, wow. <laughs> Very trying. <laughs> These are trying times. So everyone is, you know, making their repairs and trying to fix up Moya. And Jewel and Erin are together. Erin's working on her prowler, which was also damaged. And Jewel says, like, when we get out of this, are you still going to look for that peacekeeper unit? Yes. Well, no, Erin is just like, can you put that light yeah. on where I'm working, please? She doesn't right, right. respond. And Jewel's like, don't they assassinate people? And then Erin chimes in with, like, no, they protect people against things like terrorism. They're a rogue peacekeeper unit. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And but they're she, still killing people, right? Yeah, but... And still Aaron, murdering. But Aaron found out about them, apparently, on the command carrier. Uh, this is something that occurred off-screen. We didn't see that. But no. she's like, didn't you learn anything on command carrier? No, they protect people, and Aaron wants to go join up with them. And Jules like, can I give you some advice? And Aaron is immediately like, look, I'm not Crichton's mate. I'm not tied to him in any way. Like, this it doesn't matter. Just and Jules says, in the short time I've known you you've changed so much i would hate to see you go backwards going back to killing would be going backwards and erin doesn't really respond because she looks down at something that she's working on it's like jewel can you melt this and she's like well wow power's out with what and she just twists jewel's thumb she's like ah (laughs) does her scream which of course melts the metal (laughs) it's like it's like "Mm, thank you yeah Erin does not want to talk about this. No, no, no. She <laughs> really doesn't. She really subtly hints at that, doesn't she? <laughs> yep. So then we go back to see uh, John and Chiana again. And John is working on something inside a little access hatch in one of the corridors. Chiana comes in and it's like, it looks like Moya's going to be okay. You know what I said about you not me not wanting you to come with me when when I go try and find Barry? It's like, that. that wasn't right. John's just like, it's cool, man. It's fine. Don't worry about it. Chiana says, and the timing is important on this, it's like, I would love you to come with me. <laughs> I'm like, uh, Careful there. And John then has another vision. And so he's in a hotel room and Chiana is also there. And she's dressed up in like a red leather mini skirt and like tights and like a black like short top. And she's like, mm-hmm got a load of bags of clothes on the bed and she's just waiting on the bed it's like hey John there's a quick flash of that and we cut back out and Chiano's explaining that uh, she would love him to go with her but she's going to go looking for the Nabari resistance and yeah. try to find her brother and going with somebody who looks like a peacekeeper a peacekeeper John finishes yeah it's like yes maybe not useful yeah and so they're just outside the galley and the old woman is there she's like you know i could offer my skills to help with uh, what skills are those python and she's as a cook is like one amongst other things a doctor negotiator yeah it's like she wants to negotiate between the two leviathans basically chiana's like stick to cooking 
who is she? Yeah. <laughs> they keep asking again. It's yeah, like... and Chiana says to John, it's like, you deal with her. So John gets up and walks towards the old woman to maybe just talk to her. But she walks towards him, grabs a bunch of herbs or something, and blows them in his face. Yes. He's like, ah! I can't oh. see. And then oh. she's like, go to the truth. Go to the truth, ignore it, risk all. And he's like, ah, like stumbling around and he's having another vision. Yeah, very strong one in this mm. case. And she's whispering something in his ear while this is going on. We don't really hear what it is. But we see flashes of uh, the old woman whispering something to him. And he yeah. sees Aaron as his bride, again, at the wedding reception. And mm-hmm. then there's the catering and there's all the people cooking stuff behind the scenes. Yeah. And then they start getting shot by pulse weapons. Yeah, because peacekeepers bust in and start shooting up the place. Yeah, and John's like, no, no, everybody get down. And he pulls his pistol in real mm. life and just starts shooting around. Yeah, and blowing up the food and the the galley and just everything's exploding. And Dargo comes in and is like, John, what are you doing? And John shoots at him and misses. And, at least near him. Yeah, and then he's like, no, what are you doing? Calm down. And he just flicks his tongue and knocks John out. And that image of the peacekeepers coming there and him suddenly thinking of the opening credits, will they follow? Yeah, exactly. Like, should I stay? Or, but then you'll never know the wonders I've seen. I'll come back and open uh-huh. the door. Yeah, exactly. That's what he's worried about. And so John's knocked out on the floor. And Darko is yelling at the old woman. He's like, what did you do? And she's like, oh, perhaps I slightly misjudged his weight. I but it won't happen again. Nothing went wrong. Uh, and Darko just knocks her the frell out. Well, yeah, because she says, like, it won't happen again. It's like, you're right, it won't. Bam! It's like, just wow, damn. Pull, throws up his fist, basically. Uh, knocks uh, her out. Not even looking at her. Just boom. It's the, uh, referred to as, I believe, the offhand backhand. Yes, that one. <laughs> I like that. That's something I think that was adopted by fans of uh, Batman the Animated Series. Because Batman does that all the time. <laughs> when somebody's just looming over it and he's just like... Boom. Doesn't even look at them, just like whaps them with one arm from from the front. Just bam. I'm Dargo and I'm also Batman. I'm Batman. <laughs> Swear to me. Uh, <laughs> Moya, why did you say that name? Why did you say that name? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's funny because it's a bad movie. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I assume I haven't seen it. <laughs> Actually, quick plug here: if you like uh, Batman the animated series, there's another podcast you should check out, done by our good friend HP Braincase and his wife JR Skinny Cat, and that is the ReDCAU or Red Cow DC Animated Universe Rewatch podcast. You can find that on redcau.podbean.com and they're looking back uh, on Batman the Animated Series and yeah, it's a good podcast. Go check it out. Anyway, there you go. So then Pilot uh, tells Dargo and Aaron that the rogue Leviathan has killed her pilot. Yeah, nutrient starvation. So Pilot can't talk to them, can't negotiate with the the Leviathan. there's no pilot left to talk to. But he says the other Leviathan is threatening attack again if they don't take Talon and leave. And And Rachel's like, well, we're leaving. I think he says, I'm I'm not one to say I told you so, but uh, should we go? Yeah, because Moya is injured and Pilot's like, no, well, I agree, but Moya will not yield. She thinks Talon has earned the right to be buried in this place and will not give in. I'm like, yes, Moya, I agree. 
can we come back when you've healed up? <laughs> come back later, yeah. Maybe not have a fist fight while your nose is still bleeding. But, I mean, what this is is an unstoppable force meets a movable object. It's like, <laughs> you you can't be here. Like, no, I'm staying. I'm not moving. And it's just like, crash. So, then we see another one of John's visions. Yeah, because he's, he's barely dreaming these while he's yeah, knocked out. he's knocked out. And so, this one, actually, they're, they're in a restaurant. And we pan down to see Aaron and Jack, John's dad, sat talking. Uh, John is actually hiding behind a pillar, sort of listening to this. Yeah. And she's like, don't you find it boring living on the same planet all the time? And like, yeah, not even the sound of engine noise. Yeah, in your house. And Jack's like, wait until the AC t- kicks in in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> I do like that that comment from from Jack. It's like, no, 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 we, we kind of get that. Yeah. But Aaron says, like, okay, John wants us to have kids and barbecues and... Uh, dogs. And dogs and... You know, the normal, everyday human life sort of thing. But she doesn't like it. She's miserable here. And John mm-hmm. can't see it. I was like, when is he going to wake up? And then, whoop, he wakes up, you know. <laughs> I'm awake. I'm awake. Oh, I'm here. Again, I was thinking of something else that John at some point said. Like, you'd fit in. Mm. They'd accept you. And now I'm wondering, yeah, but would, it, would Aaron accept that life? Yeah, because it's not just enough that you look human, right? It's a, cu- no. it's a huge culture shock. Yeah. It's like these people haven't even heard of spaceships or other alien species. Yeah, and for Erin as well, just like normal everyday Earth life is so completely different to what she's used to. So yeah, this all all does seem like a real problem they would would run into. But then John does wake up aboard Moya and Erin pulls him up and she tells John that uh, Moya's not leaving, can't beat the rogue Leviathan. Because I think the rogue Leviathan's much bigger than Moya, but we can't convince Moya to leave. So Rigel and Chiana are, are going to try and convince her because the others have tried. It's like Rigel and Pip. That's not gonna work. <laughs> like they're not good at this. They're still where they were before when he was knocked out with all the food and stuff strewn across the floor, and the mm. woman is now tied up uh, to, yeah. the, to the kitchen counter. Yeah, and Aaron that. and John are still there uh, talking in the ki- in the kitchen, and again they mention like when she chimes in, it's like. I'm definitely sorry. I, I'm willing to help negotiate. And Aaron is again like, who is she? Yeah. John's like, I have no idea. She's with you. And I like that they're mentioning this. They're mentioning it otherwise we, yeah. Yeah, because otherwise we'd be like, wait, hang on. Why did you just add a cast member without us telling telling us what's yeah. going on? And the crew doesn't know either, clearly. No. And it's not like a thing where... I'm thinking of other sci-fi episodes, of shows where they've done like, oh, remember this person who's secretly been here all along? And, you know, yeah. it's revealed like it's a trick by someone at the end of the episode. Uh-huh. And, like, we as the audience know that that person isn't supposed to be there, but the crew doesn't. No, in this case, they're all as confused as we are. Yeah, because everybody's like, what, what are she? But hmm. for some reason, they're not panicking over it they're no. not making a big deal out of it they're just like who who, who is she I... we do find out during this episode yeah, yeah we do eventually. so then we see chiana talking to moya and she's in just an empty court one of the empty quarters just around moya empty cell because moya is damaged it's all dark but chiana is standing there trying to talk to moya and says like everyone's worried about what you want to do and i once asked zan how she got along so well with you and also, Chiana is kind of stumbling over her words, like repeating things. She's nervous and unsure. And she says that Zan told her that you have to be honest, no matter what. I love that she's referencing Zan. Mm. You can you can see 
how that is emotional to Chiana. It's like, that was a good friend of hers who yeah. isn't here anymore. And Chiana's like, well, it's dangerous to stay here. And I think, I think, and then she... I think you should be allowed to bury Talon where you damn well please. And then the Leviathan Trout should get out of our way. Yeah, that's what I think. That's what I think. Well, you didn't convince her to not do it, but... No, but that's the thing, is she was being honest. So, yeah. She's <laughs> like, no, throw that other Leviathan. We deserve to be here. So then we have another vision of John's. There are a lot of basically there are a lot of these throughout this episode. Yeah, we're switching a lot between quote unquote the main plot and John's internal life. And so we're back to uh, Chiana being on the bed in the hotel room again. Oh god, this uh, yeah, this scene. this one gets uncomfortable oh. because like she's got all this clothes and stuff on the bed. John's like, "What is all this stuff? Where did you get it?" And she's like, "I, I went shopping. I went shopping," and throws it all up. And John's and, like, "You don't have any money." <laughs> Chiana's response is just like, uh, lifting, shop lifting. I went, I went shoplifting. <laughs> He's like, no, that's not right. You can't do that. She also starts talking about how she's checked all the best mans, I think. Or... Yeah, she's like, I spent some time with the boys. I think I know who the best man is. While she says that, she lies back and like puts her legs up in the air and then like spreads them out. Like, she's yeah. Still... So, you know, subtlety is not a thing in this scene, really. No, 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 it, it really isn't. And John's like, why do you have to keep sleeping with all my friends? Stop. And Act normal like he usually did it's like this world is so repressed it's a repressed culture and and then jack comes in and john's like dad and chiana turns around like dad and runs up to him jumps in his arms and starts kissing him mm-hmm. and we're like oh and john's like this is that's that's not right that's not okay i'm like yes john you're saying what we're all thinking <laughs> thank you because <laughs> jack says oh john your mother has been gone for so so long <laughs> and and like, I'm like, no. Oh, God. No. No, we're being interrogated by Siskarin again. No. Okay, wake no, up, John. Wake no, up. No, Harvey, no, Harvey, defensive no. positions. Help. Help. Joe's like, no, this isn't right. It's not right. And he sort of like, walks off, or, like storms off. He's like, nope, 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 nope. And uh, actually, the last thing he says in that scene is like, this is not right. And then we cut to Dargo. He's like, no, I disagree. Chiana has a point. <laughs> So, oh right, the cut with that was great. Yeah, because it's you know answering that question, but it's from this scene where they're clearly talking about something else. Yeah, but it still is like <laughs> mm. it's still for us as the audience, it feels like Darker was responding to John in the previous scene. <laughs> but then he explains that he's what they're actually talking about. It's like my ship has enough firepower to destroy the rogue Leviathan. Mm-hmm. But John's like, no, that's not the. That's not the problem. I don't think Moya is going to let us kill one of our own species. So we shouldn't do that. It's wrong. But then Pilot chimes in and says that Moya is not the first one to be attacked by this rogue leviathan. We found out that three other leviathans were killed and more have been injured. Yeah, and that's why Moya is comfortable asking them to kill the rogue leviathan. Yeah, because actually what happens is the rogue leviathan takes another swing at them. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a great scene with the old woman in the kitchen, where it's like you see through the window the leviathan coming at them, and she's still tied up. She's like, choo, choo, get away, choo, choo. <laughs> and then the other one comes in, like, scrapes off Moya, and then Pilot's like, apologies, Moya is responding defensively on her own. I cannot control. And so swings around. And then, yeah, Pilot's like, yeah, Moya feels comfortable making this request because she knows that you have her back no matter what. Yeah, and it's also the fact that this rogue leviathan, she's not roughing up other leviathans, she's 
killing them. Yeah, and it's not just Moya. No, three are already dead. And the, Moya says she completely understands the uh, loss of a child. She knows how that feels, but this is unacceptable. Yeah. This is too far. The only recourse left that they have is to destroy it. And that is big coming from Moya, that mm. request. Because she never, ever asks something like that. No. And Chiana's like, yeah, great. And actually, Rigel is also like, all right, old girl. And he's next the to the... old woman is like, yeah. huh? It's like, no, not you, Shana. <laughs> but John seems to be a bit concerned by this. Killing another Leviathan, that's... Mm. Oh, I don't know, John. How many people did you kill when you blew up the command carrier? Hmm? But no, we gave them time to get off. Not all of them. Most Remember, of, most, most of, of them. them. Yeah. Mm. So uh, then we see John and Jewel walking through uh, the corridors, and he's telling Jewel, like, you got to be there for Chiana. She can't be by herself for this. Because she's like, but, but... No, basically, she brought talent into this world yeah she was midwife in a mm -hmm. way she should not be burying him on her own yeah and i was like yeah right that does make sense because yeah chiana did actually assist with talon's birth uh towards the end of season one so yeah mm -hmm. I, we mentioned this in the previous two episodes but those deep cuts you know back to the continuity yeah. it's good it's it's actually a connection that Chiana has with Talon that I'd never consider. Yeah, it's not really come up much before because Chiana was on Moya while they were split up. Mm -hmm. uh, and in many ways, that's kind of... I mean, we were disappointed with a lot of the Moya episodes and it would have been nice to see that bond between her and Talon developed more. Yeah. But uh, it's good that it's brought up now because, yeah, that totally makes sense. It's not something they've completely forgotten about. But uh, So, yeah, she shouldn't have to bury Talon alone. So then in the Hangar Bay... Dargo and Aaron are loading up their ships and Dargo says Aaron's like don't make any mistakes and Aaron's like I don't make mistakes and I like that John says to Aaron fly safe to which Aaron responds well I'm not flying with Dargo <laughs> I heard that <laughs> yeah it's like I heard that but as they're about to leave um, Jewel walks up to Dargo and says like are you okay because you're gonna take a life you're killing something like are you okay with that and he's just like <sighs> just hisses through his teeth and like walks off he doesn't want to talk about it he's like no. let's go do oh, it also i'm like jewel hi this is dargo yeah since the beginning of the series he's killed quite a few people yeah he, he's normally pretty okay with that yeah i'm like and given given the situation i'm not that surprised that he'd kill this leviathan one it's self-defense and two it's clear that this leviathan even if they were to leave that doesn't guarantee the safety of other leviathans coming here later on no this Leviathan is a menace. It needs to be taken mm. out. So, um... Menace! Get me pictures of Spider-Man! <laughs> <laughs> so, Dargo and John go off in Dargo's ship. Aaron goes off in the Prowler. And Moya heads into the sacred burial space, which, again, is the sort of big nebula cloud that we saw mm -hmm. before. I actually like the CG shots of this with the other Leviathan and Moya. Look, yeah. really, they look really nice. It's like... Pretty uh, good. I it's probably because it's large contrasts yeah. so and specific lines aren't that important and you've got like big typical sci-fi nebula clouds and mm -hmm. so on which you know it looks pretty good and holds up pretty well so and luckily nice. they have a nice probably a nice animation rig for moya so they just take this one and scale it up a bit mm -hmm. and so dargo is telling john to keep the ship steady so he can get a good uh, target lock on it because Dargo's ship has enough firepower to destroy the Leviathan, but er the Eren's Prowler doesn't. It can just annoy it. Yeah, it's like, at best she can basically piss it off. Yeah. So, as they're flying out to go and destroy the other Leviathan, John has another vision uh, mm -hmm. on Earth with his friends. 
Except this time, they're not at a wedding. What's actually happening is they're walking down like a pier, yeah. and it's John and Dargo having an argument. Mm-hmm. And John's like, I know it's hard for you because everyone thinks you're a freak, and it's like, like everyone thinks you're my freak. Yeah. Hey kids, how's it biting? It's like there's three kids fishing, and they're yeah. like, Oh, not that great, Mr. Dargo. Can you help us again? See, they like me. It's like, they don't, they don't think, think I'm a freak. freak. And this is like cutting back and forth with John and Dargo in Dargo's ship talking to each other. Yeah, and it's like they're cutting. Like they're having the same conversation in either version, yeah. But it's clearly slightly different. Yeah. So like, someone there'll be a question asked in one scene, a question asked yeah, in one, one half, in one half, and then after answered in the other half. But like, there are enough slight differences that they're talking about two different things at the same time. Mm-hmm. Apparently, in John's head, Aaron stood him up at the altar, and in John's vision, he also says like, "Hey, Dargo, don't forget, like, don't kill anyone." Like I'm, I don't want to kill anyone. I want revenge. Actually, I think I have that backwards. Because, yeah, in the ship, it's like, don't kill anyone else. That's actually, he actually says that on the pier. Oh, right, yeah, he does. Which is confusing Sorry. as hell, because these two are bleeding into each other like crazy. Yeah, it is. And Doug is like, I'm not going to. I'm so- Look, I'm sorry that Aaron is leaving you, but don't take it out on me. Yeah, and that's in the ship. Well, then, it, yeah, it flushes back to the ship, and it's like, well, that that's in the pier. Then it flushes back to the ship, and John's like, it's not just Aaron. It's everyone. Everyone's leaving. You're going off to kill that guy. Everyone is going away. And Dargo turns to him and says, look, every time a wormhole appeared, you, like, just were determined to go through it. You know, yeah, you, you were just hightailing it towards it. Yeah, you dragged us all around looking for wormholes. Don't begrudge us our dreams. And he's like, I don't. I just... It's some dream, like killing a man though like your yeah. dream like going off to kill this guy and Dargo's like look you should just get make a wormhole and go straight to earth it's not that simple i think he says yeah this scene is confusing it's hard to remember <laughs> it is hard to remember because it's cutting between the two bits back and forth but basically john says like, i can't go to earth the peacekeepers would follow by the way john is flying the ship right and at the start there's like i thought this thing only responded to your dna and Dargo's like yes that's why i've covered it and uh and that's why i'm wearing gloves John yeah. response because <laughs> Dargo has got like Gross, a little Dargo because Dargo's got basically like a little visor like he's got a targeting computer so that he can shoot mm-hmm. so John's flying and you know we cut back and forth between John being there on earth and Dargo's like look I'm fitting in fine here it's not my problem like you and Aaron don't take it out on me and, yeah. and then he shoots uh, his quarter blade into the water and all the fish sort of pop up dead <laughs> and the kids are like yeah great and they scoop them up and like see I'm fitting in fine John walks away he's like he's armed and he's dangerous nobody gonna stop him and there's also I think uh, what does he say where he's like I remember you did say that Oh right, yes, yeah, so yeah. I said you wouldn't fit in. So there's a, there's also a line in when they're on the pier where John says to Dargo, "It's like I never said you you wouldn't fit in," and uh, it it cuts back to the ship and he's like, "You did, I remember you did." It's like, no, I no, didn't. I did. Yes, no, I did. No, I did. I did not. Is that did John say that to Dargo about the Moya? <laughs> like that's the one part where I'm really confused what they were talking about in the ship. There's one other part as well where John is apparently doing some sort of scan. He says, "Well, that can't be right." Never gets brought up again. No, actually, no, I know what happened there. It's like, well, this is this can't be right. And Dargo pushes a button on the controls uh-huh. that like basically fixes it. Basically, John made a mistake. Oh, and, and, I missed that. And Dargo's like, no, you do this. See, it's fine. He's like, oh, okay. You turn, it si- you turn it clockwise. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. basically, it's like that. It's just a small, small detail. So, yeah, that scene, like, it's jumping back and forth. And I like seeing Dargo on Earth. That was fun. But a couple bits, you're like, wait, what are we talking about? I don't, I'm not sure anymore. So, okay, it's time to do their plan. So Moya flies in and Mm -hmm. dumps Talon's remains. 
Chiana and Jewel are standing there. Chiana clearly crying. She's trying she's, to say a few words. Yeah, she's like, Talon was a good ship. He was our he protector. He was our protector, yeah. And then Rigel floats in and starts talking over her. She's still trying to go, and Rigel actually gives a lovely speech. Yeah, because he's like, can I say a few words? And also Jewel is holding Chiana. And Rigel says, like, Talon was special, a joy to his mother and a credit to his species. Both of them. Both of them. Yeah, we asked that he be really you know, laid to rest here in the sacred space, as he has earned that right, and we will, you know, never forget him. And he does, yeah. like, yeah, nice speech. It's a very nice speech. Like, th- yeah, this is one of Rigel's fortes. Mm. So, of course, dumping Talon's remains gets the other Leviathan to start coming after them. And so Aaron sort of flies in and starts shooting it to distract her. Yeah, and because the, the Leviathan was heading straight for Talon's debris to disperse it. Yeah, and Moya's like, you must not let that Leviathan disperse it. So Aaron draws it off uh, into the path of Dargo's ship. Mm-hmm. And so they get the targeting computers sort of set up. And then Dargo's ship, basically they line up right in front of it and they shoot. And what it does is like, there's a big purple sort of energy all around Dargo's ship that builds up into a massive wave that shoots out from it. Mm-hmm. And so it hits the rogue Leviathan and basically starts to disintegrate it like an X... It almost looks like an X-ray. Yeah, an it. X-ray. It just hits it. It becomes basically the outline of an X-ray. They fly through that. Yeah. Apparently it's not solid anymore. And just from front to back, the Leviathan mm. disintegrates. We can see its bone structure in there, actually, until the disintegration starts at the front, and then the end is just gone. Like, oh no that is one hell of a weapon yeah like what is Dago's ship capable of that is insane Blah. that's crazy I shudder to think what that might have even done to the command carrier if they used it against it oh yeah right. get a few good hits in mm. crucial parts of the ship it just falls apart yeah wow I mean we know why they didn't so they could get everyone off but yeah exactly and, you know it just... was captured but yeah god that's a, that's a dangerous ship Mm-hmm. And so it's the other Leviathan is destroyed, and Jules like, "Did you get her?" And like, "Yeah, we got her." Aaron says, quite like shocked, like, "Yeah, she's gone completely, completely gone." And we see Rigel looking a bit sort of sad, and he's like, "Oh well, you know what this means, though. We're done. We're all unhurt, healthy. Nobody's trying to kill us. We can go we home." Can go home. <laughs> he's like, "Ha We did it. And We're so, free." And you see. Jewel smiling and Chiana's still crying a bit in her arms. Mm. So yeah, they did it. They they can lay talent to rest and head home. So then we see John visiting the old woman again in the kitchen and she's still tied up. But he comes in and says, just flat out asks her, like, who are you? And uh, she says, it doesn't matter. Yes, it does. It does matter. <laughs> but she says, like, I, but I know who you are. You made them come back and rescue our pod after the command carrier imploded. So when the others got off, she stayed to repay her debt. So she was obviously with another group of prisoners and stayed on board Moya while they all left. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Thank you. That's all I needed to hear. All right, that fits. That's fine. And John's like, what did you do to me? And she's like, well, we all lie, but the lies that spew outwards do much less damage than the lies that stay hidden. I love that line. That's a great line, yeah. And so that's why, you know, she blew the herbs it's, it's in not his so much, face. I don't think she says the lies that stay in him, but the lies that go inwards. Right, yeah, the inwards. But yeah, and that's blowing the herbs in his face sort of makes him confront that. Yeah. And so he, John walks up to her and gets his pulse pistol out and shoots the bindings, keeping her there. Mm-hmm. 
and sort of frees her. Reels her in on the chain, undoes her cuffs. Basically, he sets her free, and then he sits down, just looking dejected. And he's like, when I was a kid, I used to dream of outer space. But now I'm here, all I dream of is Earth. And lately, none of the dreams work. And her herbs that blew in his face stripped away the lies that he was telling yeah. himself. In a way, it shows what would really happen. Yeah, but he ran from it. You know, that's why he freaked out and started shooting when the peacekeepers broke in in his vision. Mm-hmm. But he says, I ran from it, and I'm so tired of running. And just yeah. the way he delivers that line of just being so tired from running he's you can you know he's exhausted he's depressed he's just fed up he's been been doing this for three years now yeah and he's just he's so done with running and wow that's kind of powerful the way he says that Mm -hmm. "Mm." and he says show me again to the old woman so the old woman grabs up some more of her herbs and blows them in his face again so now we have a longer vision of aaron and john's wedding note again that at the start, as he's going into this vision, we see flashes of the woman basically mouth almost to John's ear, whispering in it. We don't hear what it is. It's too soft for that. Mm. She's saying something. So he sees himself putting the ring on Aaron's finger, mm-hmm. and then they're dancing at the wedding reception, and there's a nice sort of quite piano music playing for this dance. We can't I- place it, but we're both like, this sounds familiar. <laughs> So John is having a dance with Aaron as they do during a wedding to that music. And then we see that he's actually kind of doing like he sends Aaron out for a twirl, you know, twirls around by the hand. Mm-hmm. And he does that actually to the old woman. Yeah. <laughs> as well. and I'm like, uh, was that, uh, I hope that's as far as that goes. It, does. <laughs> it is. Yeah. But I was watching it. I was like, okay, that please don't go any further than that. Yeah. It's like, what, cause then he leans in to give Aaron a kiss and I'm like, okay, this is going to determine how evil I consider this woman to be. And she, it's clear that the woman just steps back at that point. I'm like, yeah. okay, nothing wrong and with that. When you see, you see John, you know, with his eyes closed, imagining this and the camera sort of rotating around him in close up, And he's just looks so like really happy and, like mm-hmm. smiling about it but there are still a few tears in his eyes and then next we see everybody sat down and there's like the big table at the front where you know, john and aaron are sat behind and with all their friends and family and so jack actually jack then he says like can i cut in actually in the earlier yeah. scene for a dance but then we see them all sat there and he stands up like i'd like to propose a toast to my son and my new daughter and like you know everything that they went through to get here the odds they overcame and I'd like to, you know, congratulate the new Mr. and Mrs. Crichton. Also in the wide shot, we see like a full shot of the um, wedding reception with all the tables and so yeah. on. There's a centerpiece on one table that is just Moya, of like yes. a, a replica of Moya. And I There's thought... also, you can also see Pilot sitting off to the side of one of the tables. Yeah. Like, That's not possible. That does... It's John's imagination, you know. Yeah, but so Jack's standing up making his toast and it's like to, to Mr. and Mrs. Crichton and raises his glass. Then he gets shot in the head. Yes! By a pulse pistol. And so John pulls his gun out in real life again, like he did earlier. Yeah, and the old woman's like, no, 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 no. Manages to put, make him put down the gun in real life. Like, confront your fear. Confront Face your it. fear. Face your fear. And you actually see that her third eye is open. 
in the yes. center of her head. And it's not like a regular eyeball. It's just like a solid sphere, but it's glowing red. Mm-hmm. So like, oh, wow. Is that like psychic powers maybe? I don't know. I think. But she's, she's, yes. She's adding something to the powders at least. Yeah, but she's saying like, yeah, confront your fear. Don't, you know, run from it. And so he doesn't fire and he sees more Peacekeeper troops fill into the reception and just start shooting. And yeah. everyone's making a run for it. Chiana, like, jumps up over the table to try and wa- run away. Gets shot. And we see... Dargo gets shot. I think protecting a man, well, almost yeah. looks like. Dargo, like, leaps over. Dargo's in, like, his... Basically, he's in a tux, you know. He leaps mm-hmm. over and runs over to one of the Peacekeepers, like, punches one out, but mm-hmm. then gets shot because he doesn't have a weapon. And Jewel is running for it. And Jewel gets shot. I think we mentioned this earlier, but they are all dressed up in, like, you know, nice clothes, uh, yeah, earth clothes. nice earth clothes. Like, Jewel is wearing, like, a pink suit jacket. Yeah, a pink, something like that. Chan's got, like, a blue dress on, and, yeah, Dargo's wearing his tuxedo, and Rigel's got... Even Rigel's got, like, a little red, like, uh, tux on. It's, yeah, it's pretty it's great. great. But, yeah, so, basically, they all get shot, and the peacekeepers storm in, shoot everybody. John and Aaron hide below the table. They try to make a run for it, but Aaron gets shot. Yeah, and John's like, no, no, stay with me, stay with me. And she's lying on the ground, bleeding out, and she's like, don't worry, I've never felt better. I'm like, oh, when she had that, it's like, out, right in the feels. Because that's what John said to her when he died. Yeah, the other John said right before he died, and I'm like, oh, oh, ow. Yeah, that hurts. But then she, like, convulses a bit, and John yells out no and oh i have to give props to ben browder for this because there's a crack in his voice when he yells no right mm. that really sells the emotion of this he's like yeah. no like normally it's like no you know the over dramatic yeah you know, but style. this is the one that's like not perfect which i yes. feel at this point yes. is perfect exactly that's it feels more real more raw mm-hmm. and it's like so that i had that in my notes of like yes that was really well done and it sells it perfectly because he's just sat there cradling her as she dies and then we see like a pullback and we see like the entire reception has been shot up everyone's lying dead more peacekeepers come in and then scorpius comes in and starts walking through the room walking up to john yeah and kneels next to him and basically asks john actually looking quite sad yeah not like crime but just a little bit like hmm had to do this is unfortunate but he's he says like tell me john what did you expect because he says it in a way that's like almost regretful that that yeah, this had yeah. to happen i don't think that's i think that's harvey well, maybe it's it will never know for certain there's no way of knowing if that's harvey basically okay. leaping into this story and being like dude what actually being honest with john asking what do you expect okay so from a meta perspective like pulling back from whether that would make sense for Harvey to do that. Narratively, it absolutely should be Scorpius. I don't think, think... Yeah, no, I really do, because if it's Harvey, then that undercuts like what John thinks would really happen, because it's not Scorpius, right? He's imagining what would happen. Yeah, Scorpius is the only one who'd have a big enough of a vendetta, even though he has said that he doesn't, mm, but John... to come follow him all the way to Earth. Yeah, I think it makes way more sense if it is just Scorpius. I think thinking it's harvey and like he might be doing something i personally i feel like that's reading too far into it because Mm. it's it's much more straightforward and makes more sense if it's just john imagining what he thinks scorpius would do and you know realizing that there's a very likely possibility but it's a very strong line what what else do you expect yeah the subtext is you thought you could just 
take all your friends and go home and that would be fine no That'd be it like no consequences you know the peacekeepers will follow you and so he comes out of it back in reality and he's sat on the floor just dejected he's crying tears in his eyes a bit and he tells the old woman like it's a nightmare my life my dreams earth and my friends i tried to merge the two yeah it's like i tried to make it how it was how it never was yeah god it's like that classic thing of having like kind of nostalgia for for a period of time that didn't really exist no you know it's it's what your ideal world would be like but it was never really like that in the first place but he said he tried to merge the two things you know moya and earth but they're incompatible they don't work together he can't go to earth because the peacekeepers may follow but all his friends are leaving and then he says he's a dog with two bones and the old woman is like unfamiliar and he says like what's well, a dog is a pet then this dog he has a bone it, like it's his favorite bone he loves it he takes it everywhere he goes means everything to him mm-hmm. one day he goes down to the water and sees another dog with an identical bone reflected on the surface so he looks down into the lake and opens his mouth to grab the other bone because he wants two bones yeah he wants the other one but he opens his mouth to grab it and drops the one he has in the lake and so he's left looking back at himself and he has nothing yeah and the old woman says is this dog smart enough to learn and john's like it's too late and she's like it's never never too late never too late if you could only have one bone which would it be yeah if that dog could only have had one of those two bones which one would it have chosen yeah and so then the next scene is John in the maintenance bay going to see Erin as she's packing. So yeah, like Erin that... is packing in the, in her uh, her prowler basically her new prowler which she stole from the command carrier. Right. Yeah. But so like the subtext of that last line of like if it could have only one bone which would you it have taken? Erin. Yeah. It's the one that it has right now. Mm-hmm. Not the one that it could have that it thinks it wants. It's the one that it has right now. The real one that's there in front of it. Yep. And for John that's Erin rather than that life with her on earth no it's like her here now and so and he says i'm coming with you yeah he's got like his like trench coat on he's like got a bag and he's like i'm coming with you and she's like no you're not uh, and he's like no you're not leaving without me and she's just like what what do you want i want you and she says it's not that easy for me you died i watched it happen but then you're still here so i have to go and john's like well say goodbye we don't say goodbye we never do and John says, we do this time. You go, then you come back, and I can't handle the in-betweens. Say goodbye. Goodbye, Crichton. And though he grabs her as she walks past him, he's like, no, my name is John. Say it to my face. Say, say goodbye, John, to my face. And she pushes him away. He's like, tell me, guarantee me you won't die in my arms again. And so he's like, tell me that you won't die in mine. And she's like, I can do that by leaving. You and know? as she turns around again, John asks, do you love John Crichton? Yeah. Not me, not him, John Crichton. And I'm like, that's bullshit. Nothing like that exists, but whatever. No, okay. Okay, you're missing a thing here. Because, like, what he's asking is not like, it's more like, do you love the idea of John Crichton, right? Do you love the person that he is, separated from any physical body, any you know individual do you love the idea that man that hypothetical almost of john crichton separated from everything else like of course it's not actually a real thing it's metaphorical and it is more like do you love the idea of this person and because they are like we said they are different people but they are the same yeah they have the same history yeah so that's why he's like do you love john crichton not me not the other guy john crichton 
because they have that bond of up until now being the same there's that idea of the personality the person that is john Crichton, rather than just his experiences which are two different people now yeah i guess that makes sense that's what he's Somewhat. asking it's a bit too un- intangible for me i guess which explains a lot about me probably anyway <laughs> like that's what he's asking and yeah it's not it's it's a complex thing like it, it is it is not straightforward to be fair like mm. it's, it's not like a do you love me it's a do you love the idea of me which was also this guy you know it's a it's a layered complex thing so that's what you know that makes sense yeah that it's not immediately grokable but um she pauses and turns and she actually says she says yes yeah she says yes and he walks over to her and like is just caressing her face and she's like recoiling a little bit but not too much she's dodging his mouth a lot but she doesn't step away she doesn't push him away she's just turning her head away Mm. once in a while her eyes closed yeah and so they do have one kiss and they pull away and he's like well then what does that taste like yesterday and he's like oh, well can't compete with that i am so much better dead yeah and he just walks away and she's like i can't do this again and he's like i can't let the one thing that i love fly away in a crappy little ship and aaron's like you once said that you thought fate meant for us to be together and if you if you still think that's true then we'll meet up again and John's like, fate isn't running away. Running away is running away. Yeah. And John's like, if you think it's up to fate, like if it's up to fate, then how about this? And he pulls a coin out of his pocket. It's like coin toss. What? One side you stay, the other you leave? Yeah. And she's like, look, just make a wormhole and go home. And John says, there is no home. There's only you. And she's like, it's too late for me. And he says, look, if you do this, we'll never see each other again. And so she's walking away again up to the prowler. And she says, do you love Aaron's son? And he's like, beyond hope. Yeah. And then she turns to him and says, then don't make me say goodbye and don't make me stay. And so he walks away and she like kicks a pile of boxes. Yeah, she she is really angry with everything, including herself. She starts kicking boxes around the room. Yeah. And John stops at the door just before leaving and they look across the room at each other because like she like grabbed the coin off him and like, no. But then she puts the coin down on the floor and just kicks it over to him. And so he picks it up and they slowly walk towards each other. And when they meet, he tosses the coin up and we see it flip and we see it slow down. Yeah, what we actually, a thing I liked about this bit is that Aaron watches the coin go up. She follows it with her eyes. John Mm -hmm. keeps looking at Aaron. Oh, I didn't notice that. Yeah, he his eye he, his gaze doesn't move. He just looks at Aaron as she follows the coin, and it goes up. And at the top, it just stops. It fa- and the then fra- it, the frame stops, and then it fades out. And that's the end of the episode. Nope, no, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a fantastic end of the episode, I, by I, the way. Can I just say that? Yeah, no, I do agree. I do agree that would have been a great. Heck, that I would have accepted that as the end of a series. Yeah, that would have been like the perfect sort of end. That that would have worked really well. That's true. But if that's where you end a series, like some things you never know, and sometimes that's the, uh, that's yeah, the that's, point. That's like the bold like. You know, we're going to leave people wondering. I, I can imagine it would make a lot of people unhappy. It's literally what they did with Inception at the end. That's true, actually. I suppose so. You never, you never see you if never find out. it's a dream or not, because that's not the point. No, but there is still more to this episode. Yes. So it, you know, goes I, up. It's a whole season. We can't. Yeah, exactly. Here. No. So it fades to black. And when it comes out, when it fades back in again, we actually see John's module flying outside of Moya. And John is sat inside it. And mm-hmm. he's just sat there staring out into space. And we hear the rest of the crew in his like voices just saying goodbye to him. 
Yeah, as he sees them in the wedding ceremony, basically and, laughing and everything. And uh, first we see Dargo, and Dargo's voice says, anything good I do from now on will be because of you, John. And That's very powerful. And we see him, like, smiling and, like, pointing, you know, finger guns in, in the wedding. And we see uh, Chiana saying, so like, hey, you better not forget me or forget that I love you. And we see her dancing in the wedding. Mm-hmm. R- Rigel is saying, of all the lesser oh. species... Yeah, I hate yours the least, or no, I like yours the most. It's, it's I like yours the best. Yeah. And we see him, like, a, he's got, like, a tiny little glass in the wedding reception. Actually, this is... I don't know if you caught this, but he winks at the camera. Yeah, I saw that. Yes. I did see that. It's like, <laughs> it can wink? Yeah, that puppet's pretty good. <laughs> so he winks at the camera. And then... The view then pan. It's the view of John in his module is panning around, and it's like from outside because we can sort of see there's a bit of wobble from the glass. But we then sort of pan around, so we're looking sort of side on at John and out through the other window into space. And there's uh, Aaron's Prowler is sat there, and then She's looking at yeah, and she says, "Fly safe, John Crichton." And she also says, "We're in the hands of fate now." And we see her in her cockpit with like a tear coming down her face, and we have to trust the hands of fate. And Aaron starts crying and then tells John to fly safe, followed by goodbye John Crichton. Yeah, to his face, apparently, because the shit then fades away. Yeah, and that fade away rather than flying off is like, is that actually her leaving or is that John remembering? I I feel like that's John's memory rather than actually just... That's that's him remembering. That's not her leaving. No. I mean, like, there is the possibility that he just sat there for a very long time and that this is just the fact her being gone at the end of that long time but yeah. i don't think they're gonna go going that complex with this no they're just like he's just remembering her being out there and leaving and so he's just sat there looking just so sad and tears and interestingly remember how last episode i f- was like why are they putting so much emphasis on that scene where they're leaving the command care and saying fly safe right yeah this is the reason slight foreshadowing for this scene so uh, then jewel comes over the comms it's like Crichton, are you alive are you just out of fuel there yeah i'm out of fuel oh i'm coming back yeah he snaps out of it he takes a few seconds and he's like yeah I'm, I'm coming back in and then as he's sort of getting ready to turn around harvey pops up in the seat behind him and it says that the human subconscious is a fascinating place this is malleable permeable fallible and yeah john's like get out i don't want to talk <laughs> no just go and he says, uh, I found something there. You'll never guess what I found. It's like, look, go away. I'll honor your wishes. Mm. But having chosen this partnership above all else, your well-being is mine as well. And he puts his hand on John's shoulders like, my gift to you. And then we see John having a memory of the old woman who was whispering to him mm-hmm. while he was having that long vision. The things we couldn't hear. We're hearing yeah. it now. Be forgiving. Be kind. Her life. Her world. On her time. You will know... Aaron is with child. What? 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 And this is John's reaction as well. He's like, old woman, like yelling. He's like, and he starts calling pilots. Like, pilot, turn the ship around. We've got to go find Aaron. Also because, like, did he choose her by his own accord or did she subliminally make him choose? But he's also like, Aaron, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you trust me with this? Because he says, like, Pilot, get Aaron on the comms. No, she's out of out of range. Prepare to head into her direction. And Jewel's like, hang on a second. And the woman just pulls Jewel by the hair. Mm. Puts Jewel's ear between her teeth. Not, she doesn't bite down yet. It says, no. Pilot, do as he says. 
And Pilot looks at this as like, uh, and so it's like, no, no, just figure it out. And Pilot says, I will attempt to calculate her trajectory and start a pursuit. Yes. And then there's static on the line. Yeah, because John's like, okay, I'm coming back in. He turns his module around to fly into it. And then just a huge wormhole opens up underneath Moya. Yeah, and it, she slowly gets sucked in. You can hear Pilot. Clear! Did you, sucking I'm, if, in! Yep, I'm going through a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> they are, really going, are going, they are going through a tunnel. <laughs> so it gets sucked in to the wormhole. And Crichton's like, no, 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 no. It gets sucked in, and then the wormhole disappears. And, and John is, just looks around, and he's in empty space. Empty space, almost out of fuel. And that's when we get the to be continued. He does say one thing. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, and then to be continued. <laughs> what? What? What even? What, what even? Okay, okay, let's, Few things let's break those, those two big reveals down at the end there. Aaron is with child? Aaron is pregnant? What? I mean, that has to be the other John, right? Does it? We don't know. I'm, I'm assuming, uh, t- unless she has had recreation with uh, anyone else, she hasn't had it with this John. No yeah. way. But how long were they separated for? Because they may have done it before the split. Mm, given that each season is roughly a year as they do it, I think that would have been too long. On the other hand, well, I don't know what the gestation period of uh, Sebations is. Yeah, so it, it is ambiguous, at least. Yes, but I'm, I'm, I'm going with the, it's the other John because it makes the wrinkles even more interesting. This is, yeah, that's a good point. And explains why she wanted to get away from this John as yeah. far as she could with a child that isn't technically his. Yeah, that's why it's like that whole thing where he says, like, do you love John Crichton? Not me, not him, John Crichton. And, like, with this child, it's like, whose is it? It's the other John's, but it's also mine because I'm also John, but he's not me, but I am. Yeah, it explains so much about why she, why she had to go. Yeah, one thing I w- don't quite get is how the old woman knows that she's pregnant some people just are very good at these things they sense them i mean she's half telepathic telepathic that's true she did also say she was trained as a doctor and negotiated whatever so maybe yeah. she knows the signs okay okay i i would buy that so that's a huge reveal first of all yeah second of all friggin wormhole opens up sucks moira away and now john's floating in the middle of n- nowhere yes i think i know whose wormhole that is oh yeah yeah, I think I figured that one out. Cause I was as this happened and watched the second time, was going down the list. Okay, who do we know who is involved in wormhole technology? Right. The ancients. If they needed John again, they wouldn't miss grabbing him because we've seen they're very good at this. Mm-hmm. But it is they're the most likely second candidate. Yeah, the peacekeepers. But last time we checked, they, their yeah, wormhole they... technology system was ruined. It got blown up. It could be the Scarens, but again, there any tech or development they had in that was also blown yeah, basically were, into the sun. But they were on the back foot. They were still working on it, though. Yeah. So that that is also likely candidate. My second is still uh, the Ancients. You know who my first candidate is? Who that? Remember the wormhole aliens? The one oh, that uh, the Pathfinder. The series is on? Yeah, the yeah. Pathfinder. Because remember, they put something in Moya's hull that oh, allowed them yeah. to track them hmm. anywhere. Okay. Well, there are a lot of potential answers to this question. Yes, that's my bet, by but, the way. That's my bet. But I mean, that's we're, we're not going to find out until season four, of course. Nope. But like, so we had that good place to end the episode on the coin flip. That would have been great. That would have been a good cliffhanger. But this also, like, John just floating in the middle of space with nothing there, out of fuel. You're like, this is shittier. Let's be honest. It's this not is as, way shittier. It's not as good, 
but I just it, it's a classic it, it's what Farscape likes to do of just like a cliffhanger of how the hell are they going to get out of this one to end the mm-hmm. season yeah so I was like oh okay they're sticking to type so yeah oh, man that is season 3 that's season 3 let's put a bow on it in fact let's put a wrap on this episode what do you want to rate this episode okay the parts i really like about this episode is everything with john and aaron yeah definitely like every and definitely. also the piece where they're talking about leaving each other that's yeah that's the meat the whole plot with the uh, rogue leviathan and beating up moya i i would have preferred it if possible i would have preferred them to put that out of this and mm. focus even more on these ties of what what this means them finally leaving and all the things that have been built up and that they're going to end now yeah i can see that um but knowing that there's a second a fourth season that's like setting something up that doesn't really yeah isn't the end no like if yeah if this was the end of this if this was the end of the series then that would make more sense but that's Mm -hmm. not where we are um i think i i I didn't mind the stuff with moira and the other leviathan because the idea of that is like laying talent to rest and so this this episode really is about in some ways, it's about le- it's about letting go. Yeah, it's about endings. So yeah, you know, laying talent to rest fits in with that theme. Letting go of Aaron, uh, seeing your friends leave. Yeah, and so like to have a bit of conflict in this episode, you have the rogue Leviathan because if you have just you know Moya going there and dumping Talon's body, uh, you would get that out of the way very quickly. Now maybe that would have been better so that we could focus on John and. <laughs> Aaron, but I think it worked well enough. I didn't. It didn't take me out of it. I mean, you know, I'm a sucker for a character. Oh yeah. Driven oh yeah. No, I know. But arc, like, so that's like even. No, no. Give me more of these characters. More. Even like every character-driven episode we've ever talked about has pretty much had some sort of action like be plot to go with that it. Is. Very few ones have been just character-focused. I think the closest was probably the choice actually with Aaron. Yeah, the choice. And there was action in the way we weren't, but that was all focused around mm. the character arc story. Yeah, and that was a lot of flashback as well. Yeah. So, yeah, but the, you tend to have some sort of thing to keep the pacing up and keep it going. Mm-hmm. And something else I, I did like about this episode is, so the old woman, actually, her character, I didn't mind her at all, like when she no. just showed up out of nowhere. Like I said, the fact that everybody is like, Who why did she you? suddenly show up? Yeah. Means that it doesn't feel like oh, this character that has been here this whole, all, all whole these, time. <laughs> who's familiar with everybody, but we aren't. Yeah. We're, like, on the same page as the characters we know. It's like, yes. who, who is she? Why Why is she still here? Yeah. And I don't mind them bringing, like, off-screen between the last episode no. and this one. They're like, we rescued this person. Sure, fine. Saves you a okay. lot of time sometimes when yeah. the introduction isn't that interesting. No, it's not. And I actually liked, like, her interactions with John. She's a good character and played mm-hmm. pretty well. And it was a lot of fun seeing... Uh, the crew of Moya on Earth in John's visions. Yeah, that was that, was, fun, that so. was fun. That was a lot of fun. So I'm thinking, I I'm thinking that I'm gonna give I'm gonna give this four out of five. What do you think? Uh, I don't think it's yeah. A th- no, 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 no. Yeah, I'll go with four out of five. I don't think it's a three. It's not that. No, no, it's probably not. It's not like a, it's not like an average pretty okay episode. Like it's no, no. It is. I really like it as an episode. Yeah. It to me, it's just like I said. I would have dumped the storyline of the leviathan facing the uh, attacking mm. them and basically just make laying to rest talent's remains a bit more involved that that be yeah, the task they're okay. doing just 
mostly just a lot of setup and maintenance stuff. I see. I maybe, see. What maybe you mean. preparing a casket for him. Yeah, I see what you mean. Like you know, they get it out of the way maybe fairly early, and it's a lot more attention no, I, I, paid I to that. I think they could have had that as a task running mm. through, just not as conflict driven. But where the conflict okay. is more between these characters mm. and their motivations and what they're going to do and mm. what it means when a group of people who you've lived with for three years and who have become your family are suddenly breaking up. Yeah. Okay, no, I take the point. That that would probably have been really good. Um, I think they did well enough with that those themes, though, in the, yes. in the stuff that they did yes, have. Yes, 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 definitely. So, yeah, especially, like, John and Aaron's scenes were really powerful. Mm, mm-hmm. but also, those last 10, 15 minutes are yeah. fantastic. Yeah, I think it really is those last 10 or 15 minutes that kind of elevate the episode. Yeah, had that not been there, easy three. Yeah, I think but I But I'll, I'll, I'll give them the that. four for that, because it... There's, it's so incredibly dense. Yeah. And especially tiny things like John looking at Aaron where she's looking at the coin. Yeah. Those things yeah. are like... It's perfect. It's that, so, that was great. This episode, four out of five. The season. Oh, do we want to rate the whole season? I... No, 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 no. I, 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 don't, I don't feel like rating the season, <laughs> but yeah. I do want to recap the season. Yeah. Well, first of all, I say that this season is probably the like most consistently good season we've had so far. Yes, aside from the Moya episodes. Yeah, Incubator sadly... and as well. like I, The Moya episodes were mostly just average. Yes, average. Right, right. They weren't bad, but c- because they were so naturally compared to the Talon episodes, yeah. which were so good. They were way better, yeah. They Those... just came off as very weak. They were they were really the only letdown of this season. Um, mm-hmm. on... it, probably in season one or two, they wouldn't have fared that badly. No, they would have done better. But yeah, like the rest of the episodes create a higher standard to hold everything else to, which mm-hmm. they don't yeah. ma- they don't measure up to, unfortunately. In the scheme of things, because the Talon separation lasts for a decent period of time, but not like the whole season, there aren't that many of the just Moyer episodes compared to the nope. rest. That's true. So it doesn't drag the season down that much, but the highs in this season have been some of the like the best stuff. Yes. Like, very much so. All right, okay, quick question. Pop quiz hotshot. Yeah. <laughs> Favorite episode of season 3. Uh the choice. Duh. Yeah, okay, done. Bam, boom, the <laughs> like, choice. Like that's not that hard. That's not. A... I was like this is oh god, oh god, this is going to be a minor <laughs> favorite episode? No. Uh, no. No, that's that's like yeah. you can look at the grades we gave it. We yeah, talked yeah, about yeah, yeah. it. It's up there with the way we warned. Yeah. So and and actually, let's review. Like you said, like this is this episode has well, this season has been Aaron's journey, really. Yes. I've been thinking about what theme this season had. I was look leafing through it because I hadn't figured one out. And in the commentary of the choice, mm. which is just Claudia Black, very good commentary by the way. I love that. Yeah. She mentions that this season has really been Aaron's journey and. I'm just going to steal her theme because yeah. that's what I see when I look at the episodes. Yeah, it's been about Erin and how she deals with the loss of a Crichton, or like earlier on, it's like getting into that relationship with Crichton. And when the season starts, she's dead. Yeah, it's like her coming she back to life. Dead. Yeah, like the at beginning of the season, like she comes back from the dead and then has a hard time justifying what happened. She's like, I didn't deserve this, especially when yeah, Zan she... dies because of it. Yeah. She has she has to justify to herself that she is worth it. And yeah, she doesn't believe that everyone else is trying to convince her of that. And then through her relationship with John, first of all with just Crichton, then they split off, and her relationship with Talon Crichton, she becomes more comfortable in herself and seems happier 
And yeah, and she finds real happiness, as John mentions in one talent. John mentions in one of the episodes, like you're smiling. Yeah, you're happy. You know, they were happy. They were going to go back to Earth together, and then of course that Crichton dies, and how she deals with the loss of the Crichton, which is mostly the Rip choice. Away. A tragedy. And then at first, the reason I think that she's pregnant of that Crichton because at first she completely shuts down. Remember? Right. Yeah. In the choice, she's completely like, "I am going back to being a peacekeeper." Mm. Like it's, it, she's shutting that completely down, and that softens in the episodes following that a little bit. Like yeah, there's yeah. motion coming out again, and to me, I was almost like, "But you made this decision. Why are you coming back on this?" I think that's the period she realized she was pregnant. It might may well have been. That's my that's my head canon at mm. least. Because that would make that very where at the end of the choice he is very stern and very committed to going back to that. Why she almost the the next episode and going onwards, she steps away from that again. Well, yeah. Also because of her friends, but I think that might be a factor as well. Well there's also in the she like says, "I'm going to go back to being a peacekeeper again," and but then when she runs into other peacekeepers and like in fractures, there's the peacekeeper tech, and like she's behaving like a peacekeeper, but she ultimately does reject them, doesn't sell him out, yeah, to the peacekeepers, and then she's like, "I can go back to being a peacekeeper at least in behavior," but then when she goes, when they get onto the command carrier. And she comes up against like a full like like her home, what used to be her home, and you realize that even though she said I want to be a peacekeeper again, you realize how much she's changed. Yeah, she can't she, go back. You can't go home again. And not so e- not even the fact that her home wouldn't accept her anymore, but also she wouldn't accept home anymore. No, exactly. And realizing that, and then destroying the command carrier and leaving, literally burning her own home down. Yeah. And then uh, here, like saying, like, I can't stay around, like, this isn't working, this isn't good. Still having to deal with Crichton's presence there. Mm-hmm. And the fact that she loves John Crichton. Like, she loved the Crichton who died. And we've seen that from her perspective, she feels that the other John is very is basically the same. She's had a hard time dealing with that. Yeah, because it feels like a betrayal to the other John. Yeah, but even though that, even though she loves... That's why they he he says like, do you love John Crichton? Not me, not him. John Crichton. Yeah. Like, even though she loves the idea of Crichton and you know him as separated from either of those two people, like that's why she has a hard time with this because she does love him, but he's dead. But he's here. Mm-hmm. So, and from his point of view, it's like, no, I I love you. I'm not going to let you go. But she ha she can't deal with this, and she has to leave. Mm-hmm. and so she's trying to find any semblance of um, solace from that and so yeah it's been about her arc of like yeah, coming back from the dead growing as a person and finding happiness with John and then losing that happiness and losing everything that she was trying to get back by you know becoming a peacekeeper again almost and then just here just having to leave again so yeah this has absolutely been Aaron's story for the season 3 mm-hmm as much as, and I love it because Aaron yeah. is one of the best characters in this yeah. series, and Claudia Black might be the best act, actor, act slash actress. Yeah, in this I, series. I think so. Like, given how much we talked about what she does behind the scenes, right? Like, mm-hmm. the number of times we said like this was this little detail that's really good. Like, the dress in this episode was Claudia Black's idea. You're like, of course, I mean, of to, course it was. To be fair, those are the those are the things that we have heard of. That's true. Like, there may those be other are, stuff. There, there might be other things we just haven't heard of. This so. is true, but she does seem to have a lot of really good insight into how to play the character. Mm-hmm. 
and so she's done a fantastic job this season. I mean, everyone did a great job this season, but I like hats off, no pun intended, to to Claudia Black in particular. Also, the splitting of two, basically creating two Crichtons in Eat Me. Oh yes, fantastic choice. Yeah, just and they handled it so well. I I know we've talked about this many times before, but like treating the death of the other Crichton like properly as like a real mm-hmm. hard-hitting mm-hmm. thing not like sudden not like oh look we have a spare you know like actually exploring the consequences of what that would mean and in this episode realizing that you know the consequences of there still being another Crichton around yeah like it's, and it, it's to one end it what it does is it, it, it informs Aaron's arc because she sees him die and and she still has that they managed to go back to the will they, won't they, in a way that does not piss me off, which mm. is very hard to do. <laughs> yep. Because it Cause makes sense. Like, I've, I've been like, at the start of season three, I was like, finally! They're doing halfway great. through season three. Finally we're moving on with this. And now, technically we're back, but the whole arc there and what it has done to Aaron, and mm. it feels completely earned, completely natural. It's like, yes, this is exactly how yeah. she would be at this point. Yeah, this would be a ho- awful thing to deal with. You wouldn't just be able to yes. like snap back to, oh, no. I love this guy now. No, no, not I at completely accept that that we're back to the will they, won't they. But on you this see, one. It's, like it's not the same. It's a different set of no. situations. Exactly, you know, and it works really well. Because, so, like I said, technically yeah. we're back there. But thematically, <laughs> it's so much more, and it's yeah. such a different situation. But what that double Crichton also gave us, we got to see the bad ending. We did, yeah, right. We, we, was... yeah, we like probably at the end of this whole series, we'll uh, after Peacekeeper Wars, we'll get some semblance of a happy ending for all hmm. these characters. We got to see the unhappy ending for yeah. Crichton, the dying in space, never going home again. Mm. But you know, doing it to sacrifice himself to save everyone, you know, proving how mm-hmm. far. John is willing to go and so and the other thing I, I want to talk about with this whole season is particularly the last few episodes is what it's done for is highlighted Scorpius's character mm, yes and that cycle of putting Scorpius in Crace's position from the end of season one was really good and real and you know exploring how far Scorpius is willing to go what his motivations are why he you know does what he does because he will go to whatever lengths it takes mm-hmm. he has no ego about this he will you know he'll almost humiliate himself to you know bend over backwards for Crichton to get what he wants because that he doesn't care about looking good but then that causes him problems with Grazer who's like no you're not getting results you're not showing strength you know you have to relinquish control and actually generating sympathy for Scorpius yes for the audience those last few episodes finally especially because he's working with John at some point I'm like I mentioned it again. The moment he snaps yes. at, at the idea of a truce with the Scarens. Mm. That's what I wanted to see in Incubator. That's what's yeah, like, yeah. there he is. When the whole mask drops, when the cold mm. calculating Scorpius is revealed for one of his deepest emotions, yeah. hatred for the Scaren. And we've also seen that the Scarens are really terrible. They are genuinely terrifying. We've, we've been seeing that throughout the series. But mm. the idea of them outmanning them ten to one and just seeing yeah. the complete disregard they have for mm. other life forms. So yeah, so again, you sympathize with Scorpius not just as his character, but what he's trying to do. Like mm-hmm. you not, don't agree with his methods, but the end result that he's trying to achieve is not necessarily a bad one. Nope, or not necessarily the wrong one. And that's why no, John struggles with that in uh, the previous two episodes. Mm-hmm. 
and just that layer of complexity that, that's what season three has really done is like really dialed up and enhanced the complexity of the characters and yes. worked them up and Completely just agree. done it in a really fantastic way so that's why i really enjoyed like the really good episodes of the season were really good overall this was a good this was a great season of farscape and i'm looking forward to more yes <laughs> one more season that's it yeah when we come back uh, it will be season four, uh, the first episode of which I will just give you the title for, uh, Crichton Kicks. Kicks what? We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find <laughs> out in, uh, well, we're taking our two-week break, so we'll be off for two weeks and then back after yes. that. So, so you have to do two Wednesdays without uh, Farscape Rewatch. Sorry. Well, you we, know. We, we need time to recuperate. This, uh, also, doing 22 weeks yeah. in a row drains us a little bit also at the time of recording uh it is almost christmas so yes. we do also need that christmas break as well so mm -hmm. yeah but when we come back we're going to go right through season four and then maybe right into peacekeeper wars and uh then we'll be done that's gonna yes. be that's gonna be crazy so it's been a really fun journey so far and i uh, just want to thank you red for joining me for the season three always a pleasure and we will be back in a few weeks time with season four and the home stretch yes so we hope you'll join us then uh in the meantime you can find us around the web on twitter at can't wear hats and red at red nightmare seven and don't forget go to cartwellhats.co.uk for previous episodes of the podcast links to itunes rss feeds and yep. other podcasts and projects and if you could leave a review on the itunes page because that helps uh, the more there are of mm -hmm. that the more people can uh, find it because you actually got a review of somebody who found the podcast through itunes i think hey great yes and thank you so, for that and this is that's what we like you know we we want to get this out to as many people as possible because we hope uh -huh. you will enjoy it and uh and it's and it's strokes where it goes let's be honest yeah, well you know you're not entirely wrong no. <laughs> <laughs> but no seriously it's been it's been great to get that feedback from people already and to know that people are enjoying this as we head into the last uh season so yeah, it's 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 good to know that we we've been able to um, provide something people enjoy so far and continue to and do really so. Shine a, really shine a light on this. Yeah, great series. Yeah, that gets overlooked quite a lot. I feel. And in two weeks, we're going to, into unknown territory for me. I'm yes. pretty sure this was the farthest I've seen <laughs> into Farscape. I, I might be wrong. I know a few things. I've been wrong before, but I think I saw this episode. I think randomly at some point. Ah. So, yeah, I know a bit more about what's coming up, um, but, yes, that will be fun. So, yeah, and as a final note, all of this is supported by your generous support from patreon.com forward slash hats that makes this podcast possible and everything else I do. So uh, thank you for uh, listening, and we will see you next time for Season 4. All right, thanks for listening, everyone. Goodbye. 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 Well, there we go. Another season. Oh, another season man. done. Yeah, that's great. I could use a break. Yeah, I'll go get something from the fridge. I'll just. Oh, oh no! Oh, oh no! Hats, oh, hats, ah, the big no. suck. It. Oh, no. oh, oh. oh my god! Now I need to edit the podcast. Okay, okay, I can do this. Just open. What's an audio track?